You're watching the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. Welcome back to episode 16 of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast. Today we have some pretty crazy news. And, uh, Who cool is a coyote? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I don't, I don't want to hear you. No one cares what we have to say, Richie. Logan Cooley is a coyote. We have our franchise first line center. This ain't Peter Mueller. This ain't Kyle Turris. This ain't Maxwell Domi and Anthony Duclair, even though I think only one of them was drafted as a center. I think Clayton Keller was also Not even Clayton Keller because he was drafted as a center. Didn't know that before, but hey, we have Logan Cooley. Today's a good day. It's been a very good weekend. Uh, Richie was right there as this man was brought to tears with just the moment knowing that this rebuild is actually legit, knowing that we have actual competent management and leadership and the right guy coming in as number one center. What is up, Richie? How you been? (laughs) Hello. I have been struggling today because uh, I was working on a trailer until very late in the night. So, um, yeah, but I feel like that's like every time we do the podcast, I get no sleep because I'm crazy. But (laughs) in the positive note, I got plenty of coffee in my system, so I'll be good to go. Uh, You should be able to see that I have the set finally complete. I finally put in the work. I also got (laughs) the sign. Don't trade Jacob Chicker and change my mind. Yeah. Oh, you got the Michelli picture back there, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I also won a uh, on the the free spin wheel things that they had at the draft party. Uh, they had uh, Roadrunners that you could get their photo, and uh, it, it was signed. So I was like, all right, I gotta go with, I gotta go with the Michelli. So that's what I did. Before we get further, uh, can, can I just talk about uh, a couple of player interactions I had? Like when you were off, you know, hanging out by, by the front, and I. Went off. I, I had a couple uh, lengthy conversations with Bob Heehouse. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but when I was in line, I had to ask it. All right, so I was going to bring a jar of mayonnaise, and I was going to mm-hmm. ask Dyson to sign it. But I forgot. We didn't realize so we're already on the two hundred two, heading over there. I'm like, well, we don't really have a place to stop. Like when you're on that, the, like the west part of the two hundred two, there is just kind of nothing. It's like a, a QT or something, but mostly nothing. So yep. I'm like, fine, I'll just ask him about it. So I'm in line. He's the first person of the three. It's him, Connor Timmons, and Clayton Keller. Uh, Clayton Keller is was a freak. I, I I don't know if he was on something, but it, we'll get into that in a second. So I'll go Dyson, I'm like, i got to ask you a question. So has anyone ever brought a jar of mayonnaise and asked you to sign it? He said no. So Coyotes fans, I, I don't care where he played before, but Roadrunners and Coyotes fans, I am thoroughly disappointed in you. I, <laughs> I just I, – I cannot dis- – I cannot properly describe – just how, as a father, I, I, I cannot believe you, you didn't take advantage of that opportunity. It was right there. To, this generation is screwed. But <laughs> uh, ask Connor Timmons if he's, if he's skating pretty well. He said yes. I, I'm assuming that sounded like an awkward question. And then Clayton yeah. Keller, get at the very end of the line. <laughs> My wife swears he was on something because like, he wouldn't make eye contact with anyone or at least like by the time we got there, he had like a stack of already pre-signed pictures. And he didn't even look up. He just grabbed one and handed it to me. So I like kind of shouted at him like, oh, you're a beast. You're an absolute unit. He kind of like looked up scared at me. It was a scared look. He wasn't afraid of me. It was just a, <laughs> like a shocked look. And it was just the funniest, like, because like he's on his phone when, when Elena shows up. And then it's like this lady behind him, like, like kind of like smacking him on the back of like the arm or whatever. Like, hey, you know, pay attention. The next person's there. So it yeah. was, I, I don't know. I know he's an awkward guy, but like I figured it was just social awkwardness. I, I've been 
uh, pretty awkward before. Apparently, uh, according to my wife, at least you can you could put your own opinion. I was the most social of the entire group uh, of all of us there, so I guess I've become the butterfly of everyone. But yeah, you're maybe very, a little more. You're just very much an extrovert, that is for sure. You, <laughs> I always thought I was an introvert. I, I guess when I'm comfortable, or just when I feel like being an idiot, which is every day. <laughs> I understand that. I, I mean, I, I walked around with the sign that said "Don't change chicken." So, I, I, I got to do all my talking through that that board. So, you, you had to Dusty express. Dusty came it. and gave you some love. Howler came and gave you like yep. everyone looked at that sign and was like happy about it. And I'm still mad that Dusty he stole my idea. Thank God I didn't wear this jersey underneath. I just wore like a like a t-shirt because yep. he had the blazer on. He had the sport jacket on. Yeah. Come on, man. I mean, I wore it better, but come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great event. I thought they did a good job. Um, yeah, it was a smaller venue than we're used to, obviously, because normally they do it at Gila River Arena and uh, can't do that. <laughs> and your new yeah, home is still something. being built, so you also <laughs> can't do that. But uh, overall, I thought it was a great, great event. Obviously, it was all free. Um, yeah, I thought they did a good job. I, <laughs> It's funny going back and watching because you vlogged it and put it on your main channel. For those who are listening um, and don't know, uh, it, uh, shameless plug here, AZ Sports Guy. Uh, he has the a whole event vlogged. And uh, it's funny because it was really loud in there because it was bumping. They had music going and stuff like that. So I already was like experiencing uh, vocal fray. And then when they, when they drafted Logan Cooley, I was like, screaming but it was just like high pitched. I was like ah! like it was so funny. I'm just like, oh God, like that's how I sounded. <laughs> Dude but, uh, I, I looking back at the footage, I can hear you screaming over me. Like yeah. I, I just see and I, I don't know why my wife let me walk out of the house like this. I, I, I know why, alright, because she wants me to dress like I'm in my forties. Don't uh, something about like you gotta look like you're a dad or something. But I like got my little beer gut and my, my open, like, sports jacket, my, my ASU hat, my, my glasses, so I look like I'm, like, 40. I'm like, come on, come on, yeah! I, I hear you. I don't hear me first. I hear <laughs> you. And it's everyone just screaming, hooting, and hollering. That was that was so fun. That, that, was, just, that, that was a special moment. Was, I'm like, uh, Coyotes fans are something different. They can be, uh... <laughs> Well, they can simp for the wrong players, in my opinion, but they, there's a yeah. lot of raw passion there and a lot of excitement, and we are an optimistic bunch. I, I, I guess uh, that might explain why I went from being super cynical to, like, borderline, like, extra optimistic on all this. I, I guess just in our blood. We, we can't be depressed yeah. that long or else we'll realize we're Coyotes fans. My, my <laughs> wife, she's just like, I'm so glad you knew who they were picking because... Uh, I did. I couldn't hear who they picked. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry, because because like in the draft they say where they're from, so the, they'll say from like the US NTP, and she she's like, you just started screaming. I couldn't hear who they picked. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> all we needed to hear was a US development program. That's all yeah, we like, had to hear. <laughs> yeah, you you know from there, you know it's either it's either right or coolly. I mean, they could have gone Gautier, and we wouldn't have even known because I was screaming <laughs> before that. But I, I, I knew have it had that to. They, were, they gotten anyone at that point, and I still would have screamed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm surprised at how many fans were were jumping up and down, excited for that pick. Because 
you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what? Why didn't you go with right? And it was like, that's that's our guy. That Cooley is our guy. And I think, uh, do you have any more stories before we start hopping into this draft top uh, talk? I or th- I thought I had one, and now he, he's just going to happen. Towards the very end of the episode, I'm going to remember, or when we're already deep into talking about the prospects, I'm going to remember. Um, so I, I am just going to put this off to the side as a little, like, like you know, off to the side thing. So yesterday I went to the aquarium. It was a really, really overly expensive kind of boring place to be. But I got to eat at this, like, dinosaur grill. And when mm-hmm. I was there, I got a comment on my YouTube channel asking if I was wearing a Taylor Hall shirt that day. So apparently when my wife and I were going to our mom's house before we headed off to the aquarium, we stopped in GameStop. I wanted to get some uh, some Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I'm, I'm a total freaking loser. <laughs> but we go in there. And apparently, someone recognized me walking into the GameStop, meaning uh, at a Rattlers game, I've been recognized. Walking into GameStop, I've been recognized. Want to know where I've never been recognized? A Coyotes game. game. A Coyotes related (laughs) event. The draft party. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I guess tying into last week, and I'm like, make me feel important. You guys didn't do that. That's fine. We got Logan Cooley, but still. Yeah. I'm watching you. I'm watching you guys. (laughs) I am. I'm over the moon. I think we, we since you talked about Logan Cooley, I think we hop right into it, right? Let's go with third overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft. The Coyotes were privileged enough to have both centermen sitting at number three as the Montreal Canadiens picked Uri Slavkovsky, which I was surprised they didn't boo him, but they did boo him on the red carpet outside of the event. So... Canadian fans saying, "Oh, they won't boo him." You still booed him, even though it wasn't at the be- at the actual draft. But uh, there is consistency there. Just to, like to cut you off very briefly, there's consistency there because the narratives change so quickly for a mm-hmm. lot of hockey fans. So, like, it's it's kind of almost poetic where like thirty or forty minutes before they're booing the kid on the red carpet, and then now they're like, "Oh yeah, this is the guy we wanted the entire time." Yeah, dude. Did you see the 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 Philly or not not Philly? What's the, the uh, New Jersey fans' reactions to picking Nemec? No, did I see? didn't. So it was on Twitter. If, if I if I remember, which I probably won't, uh, I might send it to you. But they were like, "Oh yeah, we're getting right." Pick Nemec. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't think Wright would work in Philadelphia because I, I look at their current coach. Uh, they they've never really been good with dealing with like a, a top you know couple line mostly to defensive center because Wright's going to be mostly a two-way guy I just don't think that would have worked but do you want to talk briefly for like a minute or two as to why the Coyotes didn't pick Shane Wright why they would choose Cooley over him and obviously I, I have to disclose it every time I talk about it someone that I do know personally spoke to him I, I yep. do this for months he had no interest in Arizona that is the only bit that I was given that he had no interest. I know where he wants to go, but that's confident. Uh, so I'm like, look, as soon as I heard that, I don't want him here anymore. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. Bill Armstrong is like, we want kids that want to play here. And, yep. you know, for Cooley, which we'll get into in a second, I'm like, dude, he's a 10 and he wants to play in the desert. Like, and yep. he wants to be here. That's why we're so excited. But mm-hmm. why would you think, other than just that aspect, which was a very strict thing, BA said, why else would they not want to pick right? Why else would they pick Cooley over right? 
Okay, so uh, we'll get on to the on ice, on ice and off ice of why Shane Wright dropped to number four and the Coyotes did not pick him. So, first of all, um, to keep it private, he wants to play for a Canadian team. Um, and, like, obviously that means that he's not going to be very dedicated to Arizona. You know, at 26, when he's a free agent, he could probably just scurry off to uh, Canada to play for whatever team he wants to play for. Um there are rumblings that he was not a very good draft interview for a lot of teams. So that is a big problem because you you got to be, you know, in a good mindset. And if you're, you're talking pretty negatively about other teams or about players or your, your, you know, how you're being looked at in the draft or whatever, um, that is like kind of a little bit of a red flag uh, for the off ice type of stuff. Uh, we saw this publicly, you know, he um, was getting a lot of scrutiny and uh, and whatnot for potentially going first overall. And he was um, not being so nice about it or he wasn't being so calm about it. And uh, he even got to the point where even his parents were, like, deleting Twitter to avoid the scrutiny. I'm just like, it is what it is. You know, you, you have to be able to take the blows. You're in, you're, you're a, a, a high draft pick for one of the four major sports in North America. Like, you're going to get scrutiny. Like, this is what you have to deal with. And... It just seemed very weird that he was heavily scrutinized and they were almost on kind of like the brink of complaining about it. Uh, and when I say they, I was, I'm talking about the right clan. Um, they seemed very, uh, I'm going to use a soft word here, upset about how much scrutiny their son was getting. So that was a little weird. Uh, secondly, uh, the type of player he is, right? Uh, and that wasn't a pun. <laughs> the, the, the second the second would be the type of player he is, which is that he is a more defensively responsible centerman. Um, he is not going to wow you with passes or anything like that. He has a really good shot, uh, but he is more defensively responsible. Uh, here's the problem with that. Uh, the Coyotes have already drafted a defensively re responsible centerman at fifth overall named Barrett Hayden. Why do you need a slightly better Barrett Hayden in your team? Right? So, the re the, what would you prefer? A guy who may or may not have an attitude problem. We saw that clearly on draft day because he stared down the Montreal Canadiens uh, you know, draft team. Uh, as he was going up and shaking Bettman's hand, it's like, was he led on by Montreal? Maybe, you know, but reports that's, did say that that's, they told him they were going to take him first overall. Just so you have that information. There were reports that said that they told him that, but yeah. at the same time, they also didn't say when they they told him that because they could have told him that and then interviewed and then it's like, no, or they could have just thought about it more at the draft table. But just so you yeah. have that context. 
Yeah, I mean, even regardless, even if you say so or not, like, I, I feel like mean mugging a team is not a good look. Like, now you, mm-hmm. you make Seattle look embarrassed because of your actions on the stage. Like, it's it's just a, it's a terrible thing. I can't remember who it was. Was it the NFL who had a player who did that similarly? Uh, I don't remember. Actually, Arizona Cardinal Josh Rosen, uh, he... In, in like the the post draft interviews, like oh, I think he was taking 14th overall. I forget where his spot was when the Cardinals took him. But there were X amount of teams above me that made the mistake of not picking me, and I'm gonna, you know, show them the yeah. same mistake for the next decade. Shane Wright said the exact same thing, and the whole like mean mugging thing, where I'm like, look, that's a that's a very immature thing. And I, I was mm-hmm. commenting on on a Seattle fans you know, YouTube you know page. Where I'm like, hey, you know, I really hope that these reported attitude problems get ironed out because I I had nothing against Seattle. And, all, and on yeah. top of that, on paper, Matty Beneers, number one, uh, Shane Wright, number two, that is a lethal top six. You yeah. Know, I, I got nothing against that in any context. But how many times have we seen maturity issues ruin careers? Let's just take a slight detour just to extend on this point, but only for like 30 seconds. Not mm-hmm. the same severity, completely different severity. But look at what someone's uh, attitude, look at what someone's off-ice issues in Tony D'Angelo has done to his career and any team he's gone to. Now, yeah. we are not saying, I want very clear, Matt and Rich of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast are not saying Shane Wright is anything like Tony D'Angelo, but I'm just pointing at a possible worst-case scenario where stuff like attitude problems or poor off-ice behavior can turn into worse things and ruin someone's career or yep. ruin the atmosphere and affect other players' careers. So it's like, I, I really hope that does get ironed out because I, even though I don't want him on the team, I still don't want to see a young hockey player like throw their career away because they're immature or they felt entitled to something and then they didn't get it. So yeah, that's why they didn't pick right. I <laughs> I, I um I have a little bit better of an example, which is I don't remember what draft it was. I think it was twenty eighteen. Uh, mm-hmm. Philip Zadina dropped uh, out of the top three and was picked up by Detroit. Uh, he had an interview quote after the draft saying, I'm going to fill you all, everybody who, who didn't pick me, I'm going to fill your nets with pucks. And, I mean, a bit snarky, but if you uh, walk the walk and talk the talk, then then fine. But uh, Philip Sedina has not become a regular NHL player. He has not filled the nets of the people who didn't draft him previous. So... Just one of those things, like, if you're going to have an attitude problem, you better you better back up that attitude problem. And, uh-huh. yeah, we'll see. But uh, to, to go back to who we picked with that third overall pick, Logan Cooley, potentially going to be one of the best offensive centermen in this draft. Uh, has some incredible speed, hands, skill, shots. Pretty good. It's not great. But, uh... You know, the, the vision, the skill, the hands, all that is really good. Uh, that is what you're getting. Um, a lot of criticism goes on his size because he is 5'10 and a half. Uh, he'll grow probably another half inch, probably get to about 5'11. You know who else is 5'11? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but Sidney Crosby is 5'11. So, uh, I don't know. Just kind of a weird guy, you know. But, uh, I think he sounds like a scrub. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I think he's. I was coughing. 
He sounds like a scrub. You know, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Probably like a fourth line plug. Like yeah. Paul Bissonette type, you know. <laughs> now, granted, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's he's uh, Sidney Crosby, but, you know, to, to say, like, oh, you're not six foot, so you can't be a centerman, that's absolute BS. And, uh, yeah, so I think it is great that the Coyotes went with the guy who they needed skill for. As I was mentioning, they already have Barrett Hayden, who can be a defensively responsible centerman. You don't need that on your team. You need a guy who is a guaranteed, bona fide, first-line guy. Don't know if he'll be a franchise guy, but he'll at least be uh, a good first-line center. Um, so I am super happy they did that. Obviously, the um, as I'm talking about the attitude thing with Shane Wright, uh, the opposite is kind of similar with Cooley. Uh, he is already publicly stated. He does mine. 5,000 seat arena it doesn't bother him he sees their vision he sees their goals uh, he is ecstatic to come to Arizona because he always looked up to Clayton Keller uh, as he was going through the United States development program uh, yeah he, he he sounds like he's saying all the right things which is good uh, good mindset to have another interesting thing I saw was um, they did the draft day interviews for day one and day two of all the players that were there mm-hmm. somebody spilled the beans about their interview apparently one of the first things that the coyotes did when you walked in to do the interviews with the coyotes is they sat them down and they played the video about um, what the new arena would look like in Tempe and so I'm assuming their pitch was probably like do you see our vision would you want to be a part of our vision? Which is, I think, a good a good pitch, but very, very interesting. So that is the the pitch that they're going for is uh, is the arena the arena side of it. I I just uh, I'm a very simple man. All right, I'll keep things simple. I, I primarily try to watch highlights when I can of certain prospects, like Cutter Goche, for example. When I was talking about how I wanted the Coyotes to draft him. Logan Cooley, I don't need to see any like highlights on my own. They showed some on the board. All I needed to see was the crowd reaction. All I needed to read was the pre-draft stuff where he was like, you know, I, I wouldn't be interested in playing in Arizona. Uh, where he's like, I want to play with Clayton Keller. I like Clayton Keller. Just the fact that they're showing interest. That there's mm-hmm. this kid, I think he's from Pittsburgh, right? He, he was from this, like, a relatively smaller uh, city or town in Pittsburgh. Or uh, Pennsylvania, excuse me. So he's from like, the outskirts of Pittsburgh. Yes, I believe so. Uh, so it's, it's, I have no idea why I thought Pittsburgh was a state. I apologize. <laughs> it's, but, uh, it, it's knowing that there's an interest there with a top three prospects, knowing that this kid just said he wants to play there. All right. It's obviously higher degree of, of satisfaction from a Coyotes fan than like Mick Bain or Smith choosing the Coyotes over the wild and, and the jets. Uh, I want to get into Connor geeky too. He said something that was pretty funny. Uh, it, it's, you get to see that caliber of player wanting to be here. And then after he was drafted, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, the college thing, like, college rate doesn't bother me. It'd actually be a pretty fun atmosphere. And he was describing the same thing we have been talking about for months, how college fans are a different breed. And uh, you, you get a bunch of, you know, 21, 22, 23-year-old rowdy kids that are, are going to college. You get a few beers deep, and you're not going to be able to hear yourself think in that yep. building. It's going to be a lot of fun going to games in that building. Also, side note, we might get into it later, they are two-thirds sold through their season tickets so far. Oh, really? At this point. 
Yep, Craig Morgan reported it on the day day one of the draft that they are two thirds sold out. So I want to verify that if I can on the website, but still, that's interesting. But with Logan Cooley, I don't need to see all the footage. I don't need to see the the highlights and the stats. I just need to know this is a top rated prospect that chose Arizona, that wanted to be here. And like I said, BA was saying it over and over again. We're, we only want to draft players that want to be here. And he said one of the questions he's going to ask is, if we draft you, are you going to play for us? And if there is yep. any unsat- no, unsatisfactory answer, BA's probably going to look at you. I I wouldn't be surprised if the interview stopped there. Yeah, to be probably. completely honest. Probably. No insider information. I have nothing to go on except for just the attitude and public statements. That is all I have. Well, I would not be surprised. You can look at Armstrong's, like, attitude, right? Like, he is a no BS kind of guy. Like, he is, like, you know, he will stare you down and see what you say. And what you say very much can alter the way the conversation is going to go. And I would not be surprised if you're right. If if somebody comes into this going, I don't I don't know how I feel about playing in a 5,000 C-Ready, he'll probably just go, all right, thank you for your time. See you later. Like, I, I do believe I agree with you that if if they come in like questioning questioning that side of it, they're gonna be not interested in, in picking you, no matter how good you are, um, because we don't need uh, more Kyle Turs and Blake Wheelers on our hands. Obviously, Blake oh. Wheeler they can't do what Blake Wheeler did anymore, except for if you go to college and just play out your four years or whatever in college, but. I will get into the next first round pick that we had. I'm so happy about so, this one. So we, so had, <laughs> we had three first round picks going into this draft, and only one of the spots that we were supposed to pick in were correct. We had two major trades in this first round. Uh, first one being, which was really funny because when we were at the draft uh, interview, they brought on uh, Luke and I believe it was either Heater or Matt McConnell to uh, start talking. And somebody yells in the back, we traded! <laughs> Turn the TV back on! And they like immediately stopped them and, and brought, the, brought the, the TV back on. So the Coyotes, I'm going to pull up the trade here, moved up in the draft by... Uh, calling up San Jose and saying, hey, we will take 11th overall, and in return, we will give you the 2022 first round, uh, 27th overall, 2022 second round, 34th overall, and 2022 second round, 45th overall. Uh, That is a lot of assets for the newly acquired San Jose Sharks general manager. I don't disagree with the trade on his end. I think that it was pretty smart. You get three assets for one. Um, yes, it's not as high quality assets that you would get at 11, but he desperately needs players under contract to, uh, stop the bleeding from the cap space hell that he's in right now. Uh, makes sense. It makes a lot of sense why he would do this trade. I thought it was a great trade for San Jose, um, and an even better trade for Arizona because they had all the assets. They had seven assets going into this draft. They had eight a few months back, but they decided to trade one away for, I believe, with McBain. So, going into this draft with seven assets, they trade three of those assets to move up to 11th overall, where they picked your guy. You were quite high on him. The <laughs> Connor Geeky. The Connor Geeky. <laughs> funny enough, 
uh, is very similar play style to uh, it reminds a lot of of um, scouts similar to Jumbo Joe, which funny enough he, you know the the pick was for for San Jose, um, and they they traded away. But uh, what are your thoughts on Connor Geeky? Well, funnier enough, I actually won the Stanley Cup in NHL 22 uh, before the draft party because I was just bored killing time for my wife got off work. I traded up uh, Nikita Gutsev, who I made to a 30-some-odd goal scorer and two second-round picks to trade up to seventh to get Connor Geeky. He was my highest draft pick in, in that before I left for the draft. So I thought that was really cool. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. They're, uh, I'm, they're finally on the same page as me. They're high on Geeky. Uh, it's one I, I liked... Uh, just a little, again, a little bit that I'm familiar with, tiny, tiny little bit. I like his size, I, I like the, what he offers, but primarily, I just like that we're getting more offensive centers. And the fact that uh, it, this trade, I, I want to briefly talk about this in case there's a question that comes up, just to, as a preemptive thing. So I was super against that second round pick going. I think it was was it Philly's way. Whoever we traded up to get Victor Soderstrom, he moved up yes. three or four spots. I didn't mm. like that because I'm like, we're moving up three or four spots. It, a third round pick should have got that done. Yeah. But here we moved from 27. We moved up 16 spots to grab a guy we want. Those two second rounders get rid of him. We had, it wasn't like that was our only second round pick. Also additional context so we, we can afford it. But I'm like, we're moving up so much. Two, two seconds essentially you know, would equal a first. So you're taking a low first and let's say, let's say two low firsts and moving up to just outside of the top 10. I think that's insane value. Yeah. 11th overall is worth more than 27th. Let's we, just let's just stop the buck right there and be honest with ourselves. We will definitely <laughs> look back at this trade and see who was the winner and loser with this one. The funny part or the fu- I, I need to stop saying funny. I keep I just said it a bunch of times. <laughs> so the interesting part about this is that. Uh, usually, when you when you trade one asset for more assets, the likelihood of those extra assets turning into something is a bit higher, um, especially in this draft where it was all over the place and guys who they thought were in the first round were dropping to the second round, and guys that were in the second round were jumping up to the first round. It was all over the place. Um, the picks that the, uh, San Jose uh, not acquired, what is it, drafted with, was Philip Bystedel, Cameron Lund, and Matthias Havlid. So if you hear any of those names on San Jose coming up in the next few years and they are blowing up the league, well, you can say chalk this one up to another Coyote Zell. But, but I think we are going to be very happy with Connor Geeky. And holy crap. We went from having one of the weakest center depths to having a beautiful young. Um, I I'm I'm trying to blank for my words here. A beautiful young, um, core of center prospect. Like center pro. That was. Be, I was try- like, take you to the future. <laughs> yeah, like center prospect pool. That's what I'm trying to think of word wise. Um, yeah. I think that is great. Uh, the biggest knock that I have on Connor Geeky that I've seen personally uh, watching the tape. No, I don't go to see these games live in person. I live in Arizona. Don't have the time. Uh, I do have my passport, but I, I don't have the money or time to go watch these games. Uh, he 
I like a lot. I think his vision is incredible. He has a great pass. He's a big body at 6'2", I think. Um, the biggest knock that I have on him is that he needs to get faster. I think his overall speed, foot speed is good. Uh, but that fir quick first step he needs to get better at if he's going to be an NHLer. And the other one being that I don't see him use that frame to his advantage. I'm not saying you have to blow a guy up. Um, I, I don't think that's the way uh, that Connor Geeky will be playing. He's not going to blow a guy up. But if you're going to have a big frame like that, you got to learn how to use it. I don't see him driving the net as often with that frame and being able to outmuscle a player um, while they're trying to defend him. He needs to get better with that. I think that is one of his major flaws, in my opinion, that he needs to get better with. Um, if, you want, if you want inspiration, Connor, uh, go watch Jumbo Joe. I believe that he could be potentially... A, a Jumbo Joe type playmaking uh, centerman. Dude, imagine having uh, the Chad Logan Cooley in your first line and then having to sit there and ask yourself, who do you want to pair with Geeky, Dylan Gunther or Nick Schmaltz? Mm -hmm. uh, look at the embarrassment of riches that is. Yeah, I think I'm that's... Just, uh, look at that. That's, that's an awesome... <laughs> That's an awesome setup there. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna think about this, you go, uh, you go Schmaltz, Cooley, Keller, and then I, I, I may have the wingers back, flip flops. Just ignore that. I'm just saying winger, center, winger. Mm -hmm. Then you have, uh, you have Gunner with uh the new kid Geeky, and then maybe either Smith, McBain or Michelli. And then your third line, you have uh, Lawson Kraus with Barrett Hayden centering and then whoever you want to stick on that wing. Like, that looks a lot healthier than we've seen in previous time. That is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the future. I'm excited. I am still... It's hard to put into words just how excited I am at, at the prospects of this team because we, we've we been working. If you look at the last couple of drafts, um, I, I think they did pretty well. I forget if it was a Chica pick or a BA pick. I'm pretty sure the Chica pick Michelli was. But a lot of the later round guys are developing into decent players you could use with Michelli being like the best example of someone that might have 20 goal potential in the NHL. Still has a good way to get there. The fourth round pick, you're going to take longer. Still has a way to get there, but I think when he gets there, that skill ceiling is high. Uh, four also might still be a little bit lower, but that, that's the risk you take with a fourth-round pick. Now yeah. they're starting to address center. They're starting to address defense. And it, it's funny. Last year, in last year's offseason, going into this year, I'm like, look, they already have plenty of prospect depth to get them through for the next year or two. But then it's going to look very thin very quickly and oh, hey, look, we're a year later, and it was looking very thin very quickly. They couldn't get assets like this in quick enough. Uh, and via a trade, we got uh, a, a guy that I, I was hoping, with how much Brad Lambert was falling, we can get him so we get three centers in the first round. And that just It increases the likelihood one of them is going to hit exponentially, but it also increases if Geeky busts, Lambert can come in. If Lambert busts, Geeky can have that spot. It just, that's the way I was thinking. But they trade. They acquire Zach Cassian. Very good 
fourth line plugger. He's going to be a guy that's going to kind of protect your young kids. That's yep. all I'm expecting. Maybe 10 goals, if that, but yep. it's fine. They acquire uh, the 29th overall pick in exchange for their 32nd, so who cares about uh, the 32nd overall pick? And they get, in the future, a second and a third. Uh, the third's two years from now, the second's three years from now. And one thing I love that like BA's mindset was that we want to get picks for the next you know two to three years of drafts because we need to like reinvigorate this this prospect pool. This is all paraphrased, but it's just we need to get good young talent in the system and yep. do it consistently so we have a good flow. And the the the, the foresight, the level of, of just foresight on, on this guy, it's keeps blowing me away. And then at twenty nine with that pick, go ahead and introduce the uh, the, the listeners to Maverick. The Maverick. Lamaru is his name. I was not expecting him to go into the first round. The uh, scouts of the Arizona Coyotes uh, also had an interview on the Arizona Coyotes YouTube cha- uh, channel. They were talking about how they believed that he was not going to be on the board for much longer. They thought that he was going to be going shortly after where they picked. So they must have had some inside information. Excuse me. And they decided to make this trade to move up a few spots to pick him. Um, I will say this will be a long-term project. He is 6'7", which you can't train size, as they say. Uh, (laughs) You can't do it, no matter how hard you try. But the thing is, is that he is sub 200 pounds for being a 6'7 player. Um, he is very, very scrawny. Uh, he needs to definitely get some more mass. He needs to get some more muscle and, uh, really fill out into that frame. But with that being said, he is not weak as he finished first overall in the 2022 combine. That is not subjective. That is not a guessing game. That is done by pure metrics he was first so this is a kid who will be a beast physically now will he be able to make the nhl i don't know but he has all the attributes for a player to be around for a very long time don't believe me go look at zidane chara don't get me wrong i like zidane chara and i think that he was and still is all right but uh he was a player and he's been in the league for a very long time why is that because he's what six nine you can't teach you can't teach size when you have a twig that is much longer than everybody else's and you have a six seven wingspan you cover a, a heck of a lot more ice i don't think he'll be i don't think he'll be offensively very great i think he'll be a what they're looking for is a guy probably at best second line but he will definitely be, I think, a third liner if he does make the NHL. And he is going to have a massive wingspan. And he has a very good first pass. And he's pretty pretty speedy. He's, he's pretty speedy. Uh, this is a guy that's not going to come in the league in probably the next three years. I'm going to put it at maybe four, maybe five years from now. We'll see him. I think he will play a few more years in, I believe it's juniors. 
And then uh, he will definitely be hitting the AHL where he will uh, continue to grow his game in the AHL. I don't know. Maybe he'll blow us away, but I see him as a long-term project. A guy who also in his interviews, very bubbly, very happy guy, yet very, very much has a snarl side when he is playing the game. So I like it a lot. It's a little bit of a reach, but at the same time, when you look at, you know, 20 to 50 pick range, a lot of those guys are interchangeable. So you go with who you want. If you see this being a long-term project and you like the projection of him, take the risk. You took two centers in this first round. Go with your risky pick. You can't teach size. And on top of that, uh, I always find the argument to be a little weird, but I kind of get it, where it's like, oh, when you hit a certain part of, of the round, that's basically a later round pick. It's, I see it usually as an argument to, like, devalue picks. But when you're at 29, uh, just a few, what, five years ago, that was one pick away from the final spot in the first mm-hmm. in the first round. So it, it's basically a second-round pick. I, I actually kind of get it for, for this, when it's that close. And it's, hey, you know what? Why not go ahead and, and swing for the fences here? It's funny, with Chara, uh, I'm not high on him. I, I think he tra- probably should have retired four or so years ago, yet he still gets NHL contract offers. He yep. still gets regular playing time. And you're right. You can't teach size. You can teach a lot of things. You can teach strategy, skill, skating techniques, whatever. You, just, you can't teach that. And from what I can tell, and please tell me if I'm, if I'm on the right path here, he sounds like Kevin Connaughton, but probably is going to be a little more uh, consistent on his defense and not whatever happened after he, he scored some points and decided he was an offensive defenseman. And I think yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I was going to say, depends on what uh, what era of Ke- Kevin Connaughton you're talking about, because if you're talking about the one where Darcy or not Darcy Kimber, Antti Ranta went on a heater at the end of the se- at the end of the first season with Tockett being head coach. And Kevin Connaughton scored like 12 goals in like 10 games or whatever it was. It felt like he, he was scoring a goal every game. Uh, no, I don't see him being that style of player. Uh, if I had to put him at a style, ooh, I don't know. He is going to be a responsible third line guy. That's that's what I'm going to say. I don't really have a comparison for him because of the size. He's not going to be a Colton Pareko type. He is not going to be a Zidane Chark type. He is going to be a guy that you stick on your third line and just have him play responsible. I guess if you're going to go with a big guy, I guess Zadorov is pretty big and he's physical, but he's not as like defensively irresponsible as Zadorov. Zadorov was like really defensively irresponsible. Um, so I, I guess you could kind of make that comparison but i i think he's he he kind of has his own style he's not a guy that you can go oh he's similar to jumbo joe you you really can't compare him really to very many players that's also why i brought up kevin connaughton because i loved kevin connaughton when he was here because why big burly defenseman he's your third pair depends on who's healthy who's injured probably even your seventh defenseman but the thing was he was big he was physical, and he would crush you when he came into the zone. I don't remember him being too fast. I don't remember him being 
uh, like a shutdown guy or anything. He was just that big burly dude that if you're gonna if you're gonna carry the puck across the line, you're probably gonna hit the ice. And yeah. that's what I liked about him. I couldn't really understand why a lot of people didn't like him until uh, that additional context because I came in in eighteen nineteen really watching. I think it was. Uh, uh, 1718 he did that weird offensive thing so I'm like oh dude big size you know big dude he just hits people and they cross the line I like that but yeah. I didn't realize he was pretending he was a prime OEL or, or something it, after it, there was there's a lot that. in not to get too deep on Kanaan there's a lot in his game there was also he had some pretty significant problems around his net uh, he would consistently go scampering off into corners thinking he could hit somebody and then they would pop the puck back out in front and score on the, the goalie. Uh, that was a really major problem with him is that he he uh, could not stay with the defensive structure and <laughs> couldn't resist trying to go for a hit in the in the corners and absolutely getting punished by it. Uh, that was That's his. the one downside because everything has pros and cons, positives, negatives, where it's like I prefer that big, burly, physical style of defense. The mm-hmm. problem is if you can get around it. If you yep. can flip the puck past the one, if you could dodge the hit, you know you could deke him out. Uh, if you could force that puck over to a, a tape, good tape to tape pass, or even just in the area of one of your other skaters, you create an odd man rush. That is one of the problems with it. But yep. when it works, and it just depends on how it's implemented, who you're playing against, you know, game plans a lot of it and execution. But when it works, boy, is it just classic hockey, and I, I like that style. So if he's yep. anything like that. But you take a lot of the big flaws Kanaten had, and you tighten those up. I have no problems with that being your third, your third pair uh, defenseman. I don't know why I said third pair center, third pair defenseman, and uh, I, I like it. I like the yeah. pick. Worst case scenario, uh, we always see, oh, you could have drafted this guy or that guy. We got Logan Cooley and Connor Geeky. I don't care if every other pick misses. Yeah, I genuinely don't at this point. I, I was about to say that because of those first two picks, we're calling you out, Gravitech. I watched your video about <laughs> bold predict or what was it uh, winners and losers of the draft? You had to call out the ears of the Coyotes, calling them an F for taking him such late in the draft. Uh, I'm gonna say BS, Grav. That was BS. You were saying in your pre your pre-draft how you're saying, oh, the Coyotes can take some risks here in the late rounds to swing for the fences for a player that they may or may not like. You gave us enough, even though you told us in the pre-draft that they should absolutely do what they did. Uh, they walk away with Logan Cooley. They walk away with Connor Geeky, and they take a risk on a player who is six seven, who was number one in the combine. And will absolutely overbake him down in the minor leagues. So, I call BS, Grav. I'm calling you out. Hot takes here. Other than that, I love you, guy. Uh, but uh, one more thing I wanted to say about this trade. This this trade for 29 uh, to pick up Maverick. Uh, Zach Cassian is uh, 3.2 million. Uh, nice thing is that the Coyotes now have more retainment slots. Uh, he does have one more year after this upcoming season, but you could see either this year or next year um, a potential maybe 50% retainment and a trade at the deadline, and that might be another asset that you can pick up. Maybe a third, second, I don't know. won't be a first, definitely not a first, but uh, you might be able to pick up another asset for him as well on top of the third and the second that you picked up for him uh, to take on that cap, that cap space. So, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty 
damn good. And we'll see Field what. Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what goes on the deadline. Uh, that <laughs> you may use another retainment slot and fifty percent retain on Goss's pair, and maybe get. I don't know if he puts up another fifty points, man. Would you be? What are you going to pay for a fifty-point puck-moving defenseman? I'm gonna say this right now because he he's kind of re re what's the reinvented or rediscovered that power play quarterback style of play. I'm not gonna say he's like oh he's gonna be this massive goal scorer, but he scored some power play goals and he moved it very well. And hence the the quarterback part of that. I'm looking at it. If he puts up even similar pace at 50% retained, I'm not moving him for anything less than a first and a second. Because you're not getting that as a cap dump. You're not taking that as, oh, you know, maybe. It's like, no. You want that because that's going to push for you in a playoff spot. I want something for it because I can just hold on to him and you get nothing. And 50% retained for Goss's Bear would be uh, $2,257,000. Uh, for a potential 50-point defenseman. I don't know about the second, but I could see them picking at least a first. Maybe if you're a deep team, I I'm, I know they don't have picks, but like a Tampa Bay type uh, where you know you're going to go deep, obviously I know they don't have picks. Um, but you could see maybe a second coming out of them, at least a third, a, fir a late first and a third for Gossip Bear. And remember, you picked him up for nothing. <laughs> they gave you a second for him. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I uh, do want to continue on here. Uh, did you want to say anything else about uh, anything? I we're just talking like about? how Cassian's gonna come in here and uh, just hit some people. Because that it, it's I know it's like that style of hockey. I'm not the biggest fan of. Where it's like you have a superstar that. Uh, needs to get protected or something, but I, with how a lot of our our luck is with keeping people healthy, I, I'm going to go ahead and just throw my previous opinion out out with the trash and be like, hey, I'll take a guy that's going to protect the young kids and, uh, and and keep them in the games. Yeah. Because that's, Cassian's good for that, and you know, worst case scenario, you just keep him for the two years, and then you have, some, you have a roster player for the next two years while they're in ASU. So no matter yeah. what, they're still getting something out of this, and I'm like, I'm not going to complain about Cassian. We're not going for a playoff spot. We're not going on a cup run. I'm not looking at him like, I need him to score 15 goals. I'm looking at him like, go up there, give me maybe 10, hit some people, be an energy guy on the fourth line. That's all I'm asking, and I'm asking nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, he throws one big hit once or twice a game, I, you know, a home game. I think the fans are going to love him uh, for that reason. I It reminds me of when the Coyotes kind of sucked and they got... Oh, was it Ryan White? It was White. I don't remember his name, his first name. Uh, but the fans loved White. He was uh, he was one of those guys, you know, just physical, fourth line kind of grinder type. And the the Arizona fan base uh, loves those types of players. So I'm sure he'll get a lot of love uh, here in the desert. And uh, yeah, if he throws his body around, I'm sure people are absolutely going to. Uh, adore having him on the team get to watch some fun while they're uh potentially tanking for Connor bedard all right so let's go ahead and from the second round on we're going to try to be quick because we're yes. at over 50 minutes so far so yes. second round 36th overall artem duda defenseman so what you're going to be hearing 
a lot about this uh, in these coming picks. I don't know. <laughs> the later the later picks, I don't know too much about. Uh, my top 30, I, I watch a lot of the top 30s. Uh, as for the late round guys, I don't watch nearly enough. Uh, Russian player, so there is that factor. You have the Russian factor, uh, obviously, with the war that is going on over there. Uh, a lot of Russian players are up in question marks. We just saw uh, Karel, not Karel, Karel Kaprizov. I don't remember his name. Um, Kaprizov just got denied entry to the NHL. The goaltender from twice Philly. To yeah. the US, twice. The goaltender from the U.S. or sorry, from Philly, uh, <laughs> tried to apparently dodge the draft, and they detained him and sent him to military, to the military. Uh, yeah, it is scary time to draft Russian players, especially because uh, they have a draft which every uh, Russian man has to go through i think so i don't know if it's men and female but it's at least every man every russian man at least has to do one year of military service it's i know it's relatively standard for a lot of countries like in europe and i i I would it makes sense in a country like russia but uh, i just i'm just gonna look at it purely as we got another defenseman it's always good to have more of that let's move on to the next pick all right all right uh so next guy is going to be uh julian lutz we don't know how he says his name, Lutz or Lutz. Um, he is from uh, Germany, so another German player that uh, got drafted. It's great to see more Germans getting into the league. Uh, you know, they had, I believe, it's the DEL for a long time, and uh, you're starting to see a lot of that play out. You know, you're getting a lot more German-born players. Um, so congratulations yeah, to Germany. Yeah, a couple play for the Coyotes. I yeah, twice readers from Germany. Uh, like, I think there's a couple others that were a little bit older. But hey, left winger. I also liked his attitude. He was asking about. I think uh, someone was asking him at the after the draft, like, you know, hey, what would you like to work on? And he mentioned skating. Looking at a player that, uh, from what I could tell, decent talent. I have no idea where he projects. I'll just say middle six, just to be safe. Probably going to be in Tucson in the next couple of seasons, because I think he still has to go back to juniors next year. But when you have someone that's willing to, hey, I know I have to work on this, I like the attitude. And I'm already I'm already on your side. Just keep with that keep with that attitude and I think that everything should probably work out. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh also go to the third. Oh, also before before we we leave here, uh also above six foot. <laughs> All these picks above six foot. So we're seeing that uh, that look on the Coyotes that uh, you know Bill Armstrong was saying when he was first brought in that he wants bigger uh, players. So he is definitely drafting bigger players. Heading into the third round, we had a couple of picks. Both Lutz and Duda were second round picks. Yep. Uh, Miko Matica, right right winger, sixty seventh overall. Hopefully I said his name correctly. I, I'm just going to pronounce it the way I think it's pronounced, and then once Heater or whoever else starts pronouncing their name, like as I'm watching games or as I'm talking to people like at training camps, I'll, I'll, I'll have myself corrected. <laughs> yeah, it's either Matica or uh, I, I looked at it and said uh, Matika. I thought that was another way that could be pronounced. We'll, we'll find out. It's fin- Finnish. <laughs> the Finns, they always have crazy ways that they say their names, so we'll see. Uh, as for uh, Miko, I once again <laughs> above six foot. 
uh, he's 190, so he is he's a big body. He is, uh, I believe, committed to Denver. He's going to the NCAA, I believe. So uh, decided not to go to. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Decided not to go to the Finnish leagues. Uh, he decided to come to the NCAA, uh, which is it's a good pick. It's a good pick. The NCAA focuses heavily on constantly working out. Uh, it's a league that you get reps in a bunch physically. Uh, it's definitely a good place to help grow your game. So good. I feel like the NCAA is really growing as a legitimate option, which is funny because as I feel like we're seeing a little bit of a shift with like basketball or with the introduction of the G League that kids, some kids can get paid if some of them are, are not the, not the top-tier talent, but some of them might be going to the G League. I feel like hockey's doing the opposite thing, where you're having more players uh, going to college, and I, I think it's pretty good for the game, especially yeah. for ASU, because uh, ASU has had some pretty good players coming through their system. Let's move on. A defenseman, 94th overall. Oh, God. I hope I'm saying his name right. Jeremy Longles. No. no, 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 not even close. It's, it's uh, French, so it's going to be ridiculous. It's, my guess is it is going to be Jeremy uh, Langoise. If I, if I my had to guess. My wife is probably cringing as soon as she heard me, heard me try to say that, and then you mentioned it's French. She took two semesters of French, so as they're speaking French in the draft, she perfectly understood what they were saying. And mm-hmm. as the filthy American I am, I just, yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the, actually, that's something that we forgot to talk about with the third overall pick. Uh, Javier Gutierrez went up there and, th- you know, of course, everybody's got a meme on the Coyotes. So the first meme was that they all walked up in matching blue suits, which looked dapper. I got to say, yeah, no, that was a Chad move. That, that was straight was, up a Chad. Move. That was a Chad move. That was a power <laughs> move. And that was awesome. Uh, but the. You know, the NHL subreddits tried to meme on for, and then they also tried to meme on Javier Gutierrez for uh, misspeaking for say, uh, congratulating the Colorado av- Avalanche. He is like the, the Colorado Avalanche or something like that. Like he he just misspoke. It was just a misspoke. But then at the second half of this, before they took their pick, they also were talking about the uh, the Tempe Stadium and how like they're happy <laughs> with that and like they're excited for it. And they immediately got booed for it because you don't say that in Quebec. Or, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, Quebec's a province, right? Yeah, I, I think they're in, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the province. Or, essentially, think of it like I always, they're in, like, the state. If Just for us to kind of relate, like, Americans. State would be, like, Quebec, and the city would be, like, Quebec City. Yeah, I, like. I, I always get... I always get uh, Quebec messed up because of Quebec City. You know, it's one of those things that's like New York, New York. Like, I'm just like, is this right? Is this right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It, it, saying that in Quebec, that is that is a bold statement. They definitely should have took a shot at saying, you know, as much as beautiful as your as your city, <laughs> as beautiful as your your arena in Quebec City is, our our Tempe deals looking real great or something. I don't know, you know, but they, they got booed for it because and, they like it's the power move of of BA having it like, hey, we're a team, we're all wearing the same suits. Talking about how like those suits are super comfortable. I swear to God, he has to be like sponsored or something because mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, here's the brand on him or whatever. They might, I want they might one now because the 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 peyote heads. 
Yeah. The, the, the mask Kylie. In line. I, I hate that name for it, but I love that. Yeah. And then it's like the back-to-back Chad move of that as they know they're about to destroy the entire draft by just building this Stanley Cup champion you guys can't stop. And then, yeah. oh, yeah, also, we'd like to thank ASU because, remember, your uh, your arena over there wasn't good enough. We have a 5,000-seat arena because yeah. there's 5,000 Americans that are worth more than 16,000 a year. And yeah. then also, thanks to the city of Tempe for this arena we're going to build because you're not getting a hockey team. Yep. I just, that was, was Chad's status, it was, and it was funny. It was a good move. It was, it was a power move, I'll say that. It was very funny. Good job, Javier, on that one. Um, anyways, get back to the draft. Sorry. I, I forgot to mention that with third <laughs> overall pick. That was, that was really funny. Um, uh, the, uh, so they traded away their fourths and so they didn't have a fourth in this year's draft, but I believe they traded back into the fifth or no, did they, they no, back into the seventh, fifth, right? Sixth and seventh. So they have yeah, uh, so. three first rounds, two second, two third, and then a fifth, sixth, seventh. Okay. And, uh, the last ones, do you want to just, just. You know, yes. Fifth round defenseman, 131st overall, Matthew Morton. Yep. I'll just take more defensive depth. 163rd yep. overall, uh, sixth round. Please, you say this name because I, I, I couldn't if I tried. Okay, so it will be. Oh God! So the, the first name is going to be hard. Is it Maximilian? Is it Maximilian? Yeah, it's Maximilian. That's a, that's a dope way to spell that. I, yeah. I, I think I might name my kid Maximilian. And then like I'm going to guess that the S is silent, so I'm going to go with Zuber. I'm going to go with... Maximilian Zuber? Yes. Dude, they, out of this draft so far, they have, what, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten selections, and five of them, half of their selections were all defensemen. I, That is big. Even mm-hmm. just, again, from the Tucson perspective, I'm never going to get it. off that train because I, I love Tucson... Uh, not the city. I love the <laughs> I love the Roadrunners, and I, I agree with Shane Doan wholeheartedly. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Culture needs to be built from within. These guys need to be used to competing in Tucson. Not eh, we're gonna suck. We know we're gonna suck. We'll compete for the first month, then suck. No, they need to be used to playing in the playoffs. I want to see Tucson win a Calder. They we need winning from within. And uh, five defensemen. Best case scenario, two of them make the NHL. The rest at least elevate Tucson. Worst case yep. scenario, one makes the NHL, one or two elevates Tucson, you know, makes Tucson. The rest flame out. That's also why if, if you have someone you like, even if it's just big body, even if it's just, hey, they do this really well, let's see if we can you know work this into our system or that fits in our system, you take the chance because at the end of the day, who is going to tell you, oh, my God, they wasted a sixth-round pick? Who's yep. going to tell you they wasted a seventh-round pick? So yep. take the swing, try to get more more talent in. I love this mindset because defense, we went from we're fine, but for a year or two, to we need defensive prospects. We need them in. We need them in yesterday. Yep. And then finally, 204th overall in the seventh round, uh, Adam is it Zinka or Z- Zlinka? I'm going to go with Zlinka. I think it's Adam Zlinka. Uh, right winger, no, so, so we have two right so three new wingers, two on the right side, one on the left, but they can always swap. Wingers are very interchangeable because they can they can typically adjust what side they want to be on. A lot of the times actually left handers work best on the right wing because it's a natural consistency with their shot, but you also the right the right handedness on the right works too because kinda of like with a right shot defenseman, so they can pull the puck. Get the, the one tees. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. get one tees or you can um set it up as you're saying for boards. If you're um if you're a right winger with uh, right stick hand, uh, 
holding the, that board is great because it's it's a lot harder to beat you when you're going up the side and then also it allows you to because remember like if your sticks like this and you're passing over the goalie can kind of move over more but if your sticks over here and you're passing across from you um, the goalie has to move more because in order to respect your shot they have to go you know if you're if you're right-handed they have to go further over uh, to, to defend you um, because your forehand shot you know you could snipe it in the corner so they have to move over more. I, I like that setup a lot more. It's just, it's one of those things where a lot of uh, teams don't do it anymore because it's very obvious. So if you have a right-handed right winger and then you've got the right-handed left winger to set up for the one tee, everybody's like, oh, it's gonna go to him. But I think that's always a fun setup on the wings. It also just gives you more versatility because in the middle of the game, hey, is this line isn't working out so you can just plop guys from the second third line switch them over handedness it's there's so many like it's just small little game plan thing that's 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 for nerds that's for nerds we're not that's, nerds here i, I don't have hundreds of children's trading cards sitting around me i'm not a nerd <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh i i'm going to avoid draft grades as a whole Primarily because I'm not going to be properly educated on these prospects until me and my friend uh, Kyle Pereira, very, very talented scout, has some very important work coming up. I just I want to give him a shout-out real quick. Yep. He's the reason why I was as well-versed the last couple of years on the prospects after the draft because I can confirm with him, and he has a lot more numbers and stuff to help me understand how these players work. Yep. So I won't be fully versed until that happens, hopefully next week. But just from what I can tell, I am going to do a grade on the first three picks. Because I think I am at least versed enough taking into account like what they bring, what the team needs, as well as projections. Yeah. Logan Cooley, to me, is an A+. Going into when, when Montreal won that draft lottery, and I'm not going to lie, even up until I, I told you at the draft party, up until like the day of the draft party, actually up until the minute Shane Wright didn't go first, mm -hmm. I was depressed. And I'm like, I, I had accepted Cooley's going to be gone. I did not believe the Slavkovsky hype. I thought, you know, a little bit at the, at the beginning, sure. But then I kind of thought about it more like, wait, is this just clickbait? Is this just people trying to, you know, get their name out there? Contrarians. So I'm like, okay, it's, that's probably not it. We're probably going to, best case scenario, get Slavkovsky, who doesn't really fit in our system. What are we going to do with the picks? Yep. So, so it's like, I did not expect it to be there. I wanted him to be there. I was hoping all the projections were correct and it would be right Slavkovsky uh, coolly. I said it over and over again, but that's also why I started saying, let's look at Cutter Gauthier. Just, hey, why not? Yep. The fact that we got our guy. The fact that... I, I don't care if he has slightly higher bust potential. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. That is completely fair to say. But with his booming offensive potential, his number one center potential, I don't think he, I don't think he slots in as a franchise center, but we, no matter what, you need a number one center yep. he wants to be the guy he has the proper motivation uh he has a lot of the the tools to do it that's an a plus i didn't expect him to be there i thought another team would trade up to two to take him over us because centers they uh, last year dylan gunther dropped to 11 because of centers and how centers always have higher value we see it every year uh, yeah number nine excuse me i apologize yeah. number nine we had number 11 that was dropped down to number nine tell me that Tell me there are five players that are better than Dylan Gunther right now, as of this moment, in that in that draft he was in last year. I couldn't name five. I can name three, maybe, but not five players that were better than him, let alone eight. 
Yeah. So it's like that's just it shows you how much more valuable centers are just because oh they're six foot two, just because oh they play the center position. Even if they move to the wing later, they still play center. So the fact that he was still there and the Coyotes jumped on it, they didn't uh, take someone that did not want to be here just because oh it would have you know the the analyst would have liked it because oh hey you know Wright can provide this and that. No, they, they took what they wanted. And they got it. And to me, that's an A+. Plus yep. Because it, you're going to use Cooley a lot more than you're going to use Wright. No matter how you swing it, because Wright doesn't want to be here. And that's fine. That's his right. I pun. But that's that's his right. And he is free to want to be wherever he, he wants to be. And feel whatever way, way he would feel about getting drafted by whatever team. We, we wanted Cooley. He wanted to be here. It worked. And look at how everyone was screaming before they even said his name. Mm-hmm. That that tells you exactly like we got the right guy. Yeah, and if he absolutely busts, fine, sure, I'll look stupid. I don't care. I have full full faith in this kid, and and yeah, that's an A plus for me. Yep, yep. Anything Is, else to add before I move on to the next? No, I, I agree with you completely. I think you know Cooley versus the Shane Wright um, argument. Is one going to be better than the other? Who knows? Who cares? Right? As you were saying, if Shane Wright's better. Congratulations, Seattle. I'm glad you guys got a great center. He, Shane Wright didn't want to be here in Arizona, and we'd much rather take the kid who is going to want to play here in Arizona and want to be a difference maker. And that is important. Uh, if you are watching up to this point, I just want to remind everybody to give us a like, a follow, a subscription. I did not do that at the beginning, so e-begging, please... Uh, please Please make sure to do so. If you're this deep, you might as well subscribe or follow because you uh, clearly like us enough to stay around. So definitely. Or they're just like horrified and confused by the train wreck that is the Desert Moon Hockey podcast. They're just like, do these guys really think they matter? Do these guys it's really that, think their opinion's important? It's it's that or it's a child with a tablet and they just left it running. You know what? It's one or the other. <laughs> no in between. We, we don't make content for children. We're we're GA here. Actually, probably closer to PG thirteen. I like to use occasional occasional uh, strong verbiage, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just go ahead leave, leave the kids unattended here. You're only, you're not going to hear the f words. You might hear you might hear an s word here or there. But yes, <laughs> shameless I, shameless trying to get more view time. <laughs> I do want to say if you are somebody that just adores looking at draft picks you should absolutely go look at the arizona coyotes draft li- uh, draft pick list i cannot believe that bill armstrong has pulled this amount of assets in uh so 2024 he's got three more second round picks three more or, or sorry so let me clarify when i say three more i i should say three uh because one of them is our own so in 2024 we have Three second round picks, three third round picks, and two fourth round picks. That is insane. Like he just continues to just stockpile draft picks. I am I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> it shows they're actually committed to a rebuild. Yeah. It shows that they're not just saying that. And I just I, I, that's why I have a lot of confidence in him. He's showing he, he, with his actions. Uh, mm-hmm. Connor Geeky at eleven. I'm going to just say this is probably a B plus. The only reason I'm not saying it's an A is because uh, there are still some concerns, obviously. Uh, it just depends on where you projected him, where you thought he was going to go. If that was the only dance partner you had, because let's say he only was going to go 18th. 
just as an example, random number pulled from my behind. Let's just say you knew he was going to go 18th, but you couldn't get anywhere closer. So you just take him at 11. I still think there's holes in the game. Like you mentioned, I, some things he needs to get stronger at, some things he needs to, to improve on. Uh, using that frame, if he, if he does, uh, you could have even like a Lawson Kraus type, like almost power forward. I don't, I don't want him to be a pure power forward. They usually have a shorter shelf life. But if you use the frame... Hey, you're not gonna pull a Martin Hansel where someone keeps you know cross-checking your back, and you're not gonna do anything about it. So, use yep. it. Get a little bit of a meanness in the game. That I'm no complaints there. If we can just do that, so yep. I'm just gonna say it's a it's a B plus because there are some concerns, and there is the there is a legitimate argument that maybe he could have gone somewhere else. But also, you see him at 11. That's the guy you wanted. You take him, so that's all. I'll give that a B plus. Yep. And then wait, wait, Maverick. Wait, I want to say. Sorry. I want to talk. Um, <laughs> if he does turn out to be like, let's say, a slightly worsened version of Joe Thornton, uh, that is an absolute W at eleven mm-hmm. overall. Just saying. Yeah. And I think that he has the potential, the vision, the hands, the passing are really good on him. He just needs to get a little bit faster, and he just needs to use that physicality a little bit more. So, and then Maverick Lamoureux. I am going to, uh, I'm going to give that one an A-plus for balls. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the willingness to look at this frame. On top of that, a lot of these projections, hey, this guy's supposed to go here, go there. Yeah, you have the final projections like the day of the draft, but a lot of them are primarily... What were they, what was their expectations going into the season? How do they play throughout that last season? How do they play in this playoff or this like side tournament or the stuff they were doing, World Juniors, whatever? A lot of the times they don't focus that much on the combine because they might factor in, oh, well, these guys might have just not cared that much because they already knew their draft stock. These guys might have tried to raise it so they try harder. Uh, I, I don't care if it's only an obscure metric he was number one in. If he's going to work that hard and show that there is something there, that shows teams you can work with this. And just the willingness to swing for the fences, the willingness to be like, you know what, we'll move up a couple spots and we'll just take him. Brad Lambert's right there. That that probably, again, zero insider information. This is all just pure speculation. I could uh, assume someone like B.A. would be like, yeah, if we pick Lambert, the fans will probably be happy. You know, that's probably a solid pick. Mm-hmm. We're going to swing. We are going to step up to the plate, and we are going to swing, and that's why I like it, because even if he busts, even if he never plays even an AHL game, just God forbid, never even makes that the fact that they had the balls to do it, and they yeah. had the extra assets to do it, that's why I give it an A+. Not because this advanced analytic, not because, oh, it's such an immense value, but because they were willing to do it, and if it pays off, it could pay off well. Yeah, I think that the the um, for that late pick, you know, Brad Lambert would be your your consistent hitter, and then your your uh, uh, Maverick Lamaru pick would be like you're swinging for the fences. You're a power hitter, and I I agree with you. I would call it probably about a B minus. I think mm-hmm. that it was probably a bit high, um, but if you feel like somebody was about to pick him, then I understand. Um, overall, I think he's going to hopefully make it. <laughs> I, I think there's still a lot to his game that needs to get polished and worked on. But once again, you cannot teach size. 6'7", he is going to build into that frame. He's going to be physically a beast, considering that he's already 
statistically, he was number one in the combine, and he is still, in my opinion, very lanky and still needs to fill into that frame. I think he will be a monster physically. Uh, so that is always, always great to see. I, I don't see him being a first or second line guy. He will be a third line guy, and he will eat people. And and especially, I really want to highlight this. I I, I hate that I forgot the player name, but you'll probably uh, remind me one of our draft picks. Uh, I love this quote. It's not an original quote, but uh, I love the people that will say this quote. Is that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? Farinacci, John Farinacci. John Farinacci from the, Fer- uh, Farinacci's I, I, dad. Yep. I, I still hope that that kid makes it to the system. I think what he. He should be coming. He should be making a, a, a Tucson spot in the next year or so if he ends up making it through the system. I think he's got one more year of college, and then he'll be. Uh, I think then he'll play in either Tucson or the NHL. Yeah, Farinacci. He yeah, his quote was really great. And uh, it, especially, like I said, that's why I value this so much. Is because if you're willing to bust your ass, if you are willing to show you're going to work hard. And you have these physical attributes you can't teach because, again, skating, uh, hand-eye coordination to an extent. Uh, it, it depends on individual people. Um, you know, hockey IQ. You can teach all of that. You cannot teach the the drive to work hard. You cannot yep. teach six foot seven. I mm-hmm. I've been trying for years. I'm never gonna <laughs> go above five foot eight or whatever the hell I am. Five foot you- seven, whatever. You can't teach wingspan. Wingspan is very important to a defenseman. I don't care how quick you're at skating, as long as you teach a six foot seven skater, hey, uh, don't get beat back up more, and then you you teach them better with timing. You know, as people are entering the blue line and how to physically um, poke check them and stuff like that. Like hard to beat. Look at. Zidane Chara, he's 40-something years old, and he's still in the NHL. Why is it? It's hard to beat. It is very hard for a skater to skate through that wingspan without getting poke-checked or pushed off the puck. Or even just lift up the stick because it, let's just take uh, Clayton Keller from his first couple couple of seasons, the second year, 18-19, where he was just, especially to start the year, really, really weak on the stick. Just It, mm-hmm. it was bad. Mm-hmm. Imagine Clayton Keller coming across the line and then you got this big six foot seven behemoth that just by pure size he's going to be stronger lifts his stick he's also going to be quicker to get his stick back down on the ice puck's already gone you had this phenomenal rush you had a guy that you could have set up a one t for doesn't matter this guy pure force Mm -hmm. took that puck from you and the puck's going down the other way so no matter what uh, that that's what i like about him it's the, the work ethic the size the potential he could not work out. I'm still not going to care uh, because the only other pick I was high on around this time was Brad Lambert. And even if Brad Lambert booms, let's say he turns into a second-line center, we have three really good yep. like, centers, two prospects, and one we have four. Guy, Barrett Hayton. We have four. <laughs> we also have McBain or Smith, one or the other. I don't know who's going to play the center of those two. I don't think both of them will, but I think they're – Pretty damn good. I liked what I was seeing from McBain at the end of the season. I think he'll be a 
pretty damn good, at least third line center next year. You know what? Let's 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 do this because this also might be a good segment. What does this draft, the center depth, do for McBain, Smith, and to a lesser extent, Barrett Hayton? I want to talk oh, about Barrett Hayton a little bit on my own channel later, so I want to be brief here. But out of these three, where you can go rapid fire or you can go detailed, what do you think these picks do? Do you think it lights like? I'm leaning a guy like McBain with how competitive he is. It's going to be a fire lit. I think yeah. he could reach 20. Doesn't mean he will, but I'm just saying if you get, it depends on the competition. The the guys you have there, people's willingness and 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 drive to want another NHL contract, an NHL roster spot. It literally contextually doesn't matter if you get that, those right combinations. You you could see some really really damn good results, and I think that's going to be very beneficial. Because I, I think McBain, I, I, I'm leaning towards him and or Smith are going to re-sign here because you're going to get more consistent minutes here. Yeah. Um. So rapid fire here. Uh, the Coyotes historically have always been pretty poor at drafting and keeping uh, the cupboards full. And that has shown over the years because uh, players will come in, they give them a position, and they flame out. Uh, with adding all this center depth, uh, for Nathan Smith and Jack McBain. What that says is, hey, I better play my ass off and get better every single day, whether it's in the gym or wherever, uh, to make it impossible for the Coyotes to send me down. Uh, it's it's great. It, you know, it, it's like the opposite of a, a monopoly, right? It's it's competition. The, the more competition you have in a market, the, it is going to be better for the consumer. And we are the consumers in this in this instance, and I, I love it. I, I I think this is what we've needed for so long, on this team is just competition. A guy under you, hungry to take your position, uh, and you better fight like hell to make sure that uh, that doesn't happen. Yeah, just straight up, and uh, I'm just gonna lean. I have no idea why. I, I think usually. I don't know if it's just in my head or it could be an actual thing. I notice more lefties end up staying at center, just in general. So I think maybe McBain is the one to stay at center because I think Smith is the right-hand shot. And you just put Smith in the wing. But no matter what, I still think it's going to make them want to play harder to keep a spot. And yeah. with Barrett Hayton, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say I know you agree with this too. I think he should just be a third-line center. I, yeah. I think it's because of... A lot of logistical stuff. More favorable matchups. He does have injury problems. Uh, you don't want to play against fourth liners or anything, but I feel like a lot of the times he'll be able to outskate third liners. I feel like a lot of the times he will be able to get around some of the guys you're playing at, at, th- at third line because it depends on the team. Sometimes your third line's a checking line. Other times it's just an alternate scoring line. Yep. Just to give you some more depth. Uh, so you might see him score 15 goals a, a season. And then that, that pass, since you have, depending on who you're, Lining him up with, I'm just going to say he has at least Nathan Smith on his wing. That sets up a very good possibility for more assists, more 1T opportunities, more uh, opportunities for him to get in a position and take a pass from Smith and get more goals. Uh, I just I think it would benefit him greatly because he's also defensively minded. He was very much a two-way center that he does these little things. Clayton Keller's been doing them as well for the last couple of years, but I feel like Hayton's on a different level. Uh, I, I don't know to what degree, but it's just you can tell he can make the impacts in doing the little things, and he does it very well. And I feel like the offense would shine better in a third-line role. And then imagine 
It doesn't matter that he was drafted fifth, fifth overall. Let's say he still went 15th. Let's just pretend for a minute. You have three first-line assets, and your, your worst of the assets is your third liner that was drafted 15th overall. Yeah. I, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was drafted first overall, and he's a damn good third-line center. I make mm-hmm. this comparison every time. I think Barrett Hayden can absolutely be a Ryan Nugent Hopkins-esque type player. Defensively responsible. He's been defensively responsible uh, ever since he played on the Greyhounds in the minor leagues. I, I, I like Barrett Hayden's game. I think he plays best in a third-line position. For me, on, on a, a Stanley Cup or a playoff team, he will be your third-line center. And especially as we're trying to build a Stanley Cup team, I'm just saying, look, close your eyes, all right? Everyone, all the Coyotes fans out there, you're listening. I'm closing. Uh, unless you're driving. Unless you're driving, then keep them No, open. close your eyes. <laughs> Trust the wheel. <laughs> Gee, <Bill laughs> no, don't actually, don't actually close your eyes. Don't actually close your eyes. <laughs> They're going to hear this podcast when you crash, and then we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Let's go full Ron Wolfley right now. All right, listen, listen, come on. Come on, Coyotes fans, listen to me. Close your eyes. Mm. Your first line center is Logan Cooley. Nick mm-hmm. Schmaltz. You know what? Screw it. Schmaltz gets traded for other assets. We turn it into a, a solid middle six winger. All right? Yes. So, Logan Cooley, Dylan Gunther, Clayton Keller. That's your first line. Your second line right there, you have uh, on the left side, Matthias Michelli. At the center, you have Connor Geeky. And you keep Lawson Kraus. Lawson Kraus is on your right wing. He's a 20-goal scorer. He's done everything you need. And your third line... Let's just say one of the two, Smith or McBain, one of them leaves. I'll just say Smith. McBain, then you have Barrett Hayden at center, and then any of the capable wingers that they end up turning Schmaltz into. Look at that top nine. Envision it. What team is going to be able to sweep that team in the playoffs? I see me about to hit the card, bro. <laughs> Sorry. What team, Anyways, what team is going to sweep that top nine in the playoffs? And I think that's an yeah. interesting perspective when you're envisioning what your roster is going to look like when you start making the playoffs what teams can sweep them and if your answer is like the top couple of teams okay you've probably built a pretty solid top nine and then you fill in your your fourth line your defense after that see you're also missing that austin matthews is going to be coming here in two years (laughs) and he'll be added he's going to the wing lawson kraus down to the third line and austin matthews your second line center because logan cooley's a chad Logan Cooley is my first line center. Austin, sorry, I don't care you paid your dues. Screw your Rocket Richard. It doesn't matter. You play in Canada. <laughs> Just remember, too, we have a bet going on here. I, I don't think we ever told the podcast. We have a bet going on here. Matt said that there's no shot that Austin Matthews comes to Arizona. If he doesn't sign in Arizona, I buy Matt a jersey. And if he does sign in Arizona, Matt's got to buy me a jersey. Yep. Oh. <laughs> That's our bet going on here. Um, I think it happens. I'm I'm pounding the table. Austin Matthews is going to be an Arizona Coyote. Tage Thompson, Matt Knees, and Cutter Goche will be Coyotes before Austin Matthews is. Bet. Don't don't at me, <laughs> Canada. Stay <laughs> mad. We're just taking all your best players. You know what? I wouldn't mind Tage Thompson. I think he's a oh, good, yeah. he's a good winger. I, I just don't know where he'd fit. Because in in this in that perspective roster, you'd put Tage on your third line with Barrett Hayton and Jack McBain. Well, I think Tage and, is uh, center. No, I thought he got moved to the wing. No, I think he went Maybe from the did. wing to center. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. 
Hey, yeah. that would be your backup in case uh, in case Connor Geeky stalls out or he goes to the wing. I'm just saying, imagine it. Okay, go. <laughs> I don't think Buffalo's getting rid of. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Buffalo's getting rid of Tage Thompson anytime soon. <laughs> I think I think they're real the happy with that needs one. To come back. Matt just, needs he needs to come to Arizona. Cutter Gauthier. Look, how about this? How about a new rule? Since Austin Matthews, it, it wasn't worth it to keep the team in Arizona just for us to get only Austin Matthews. From here on out, Arizona-born players can only play on the Coyotes. From here on out, if you draft an Arizona-born player, you must immediately give them to the Coyotes for a seventh-round draft pick. True. Also, do you, do you remember who drafted Tage Thompson? No, I do not, actually. Tage Thompson was drafted by the St. Louis Blues, and then he was traded in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Damn. Bill Armstrong, he's been watching. He's been watching the Arizona kids. Just saying. Who would you trade for Tage Thompson? You know it right now. You, out of all the current assets, who would you trade Tage for Tage Thompson? Thompson for Nick Schmaltz. One for one. Don't at me, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all right. If you could make a trade to acquire Gauthier right now, as well as Matt Knees right now. What would you be willing to give up? Oh God, uh, <laughs> that that'd be that'd be a lot, and I don't know who you'd be able to. Could, can I get? Can I put? I put one gently used Jacob Chikrin on the market for those two. You know what? We can make a three the three team trade work. One gently used Jacob Chikrin. You know what? Four team trade. So all three of these guys come to Arizona. Chikrin goes to to Toronto. Uh, let's say that John Tavares goes to Buffalo. I think that would be a funny current event. Say, that's a good. That's uh, a good Jack meme. Eichel, they get they get John Tavares and uh, who's the third team? Who's the fourth team? Wait, uh, Matt Nees, Tage Thompson. I said one more name. Cutter Goche. Uh, we can send uh, whatever is left of Tony D'Angelo's equipment to. Oh, we'll send Ghost of Spare back to Philly. <laughs> they need defensemen. <laughs> They need they need an offensive defenseman. Wait, what do you mean they got rid of a 50-point defenseman for nothing? What do you mean they gave up a second-rounder for it? What are you on about? <laughs> Anyways, let's finish up here. Um, you had one more topic. Let's let's speed run this. This will be another segment. I, I want to put this out there because eh, uh, stay mad, Canada. Um, the uh, Craig Morgan... Of PHNX, knows the shirt. Here, while, you, while you're talking about that, I'm gonna try to see if I can pull up the graph so I can at least see it physically with my eyes. Okay, so Craig Morgan of PHNX uh, tweeted out, I believe it was either the day of the draft or the day before the draft, that the Arizona Coyotes are now two thirds sold out. Not even their... impressive. Oh, not even impressive. It's only you know they they, they still couldn't fill out thirty five hundred seats. I, I don't even know what you're. Yeah, two thirds sold out of their their season ticket packages. Stay mad, Canada. I'm just gonna say it all 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 podcast. Stay mad. Uh, you'll see, as we said, the goalposts will continue to change. Oh, they couldn't even sell out five thousand. Oh, sorry, they couldn't even sell out thirty two hundred seats. Well, what do you mean that it's not thirty two hundred <laughs> seats? They can't even sell out forty seven hundred. It's even worse. Uh, 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 
they're, they're, they're selling out after three months of them being on the, the market, but but they're so expensive and nobody will pay to watch a, a, a bad team. What? Should I start working six day weeks again so well, I can well, pay well, this, a half season well, package? <laughs> of course they can pay out the, those packages. Uh, it's just a college arena. Oh my god. Okay, That's how you wait, sound. wait. Stop, stop real quick. Stop real quick. All right. Okay. Shut the he- shut the hell up. No one cares about what you had to say, Richard. First oh, okay. and foremost, please. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a link real quick in, in, okay. the, in the chat. I want you to I want you to look at this as I'm looking at it. All right. So, first and foremost, uh, the only additional, uh, from what I remember, it was Center Ice, then the Goal Line season, and then all the Den is sold out. Uh, the Center Ice Club, the second most expensive ticket package, is also sold out. So there is still the half season for Glass and Center Ice Club. There's still the, the full and half for Center Ice Premium, Attack Twice, and Attack One Sides. And there's still the half season for the Goal Lines. But they are two-thirds sold out, meaning uh, they're probably just another hundred or, or so tickets away from selling out a couple other categories. Look at the bottom. I want I, you to steal at least one of these pictures. I want you to look at the bottom here and so look at these mock-ups and how they show the arena's going to look. You need to explain it, one, because we have audio listeners. Two... Uh, I am recording my screen, and if I do so, I'm going to drop our cameras. So I cannot look at it. So I'm riding right. blind like the, the listeners here. You got to explain right, this so here. Here's exactly what's going on. So I'm looking at these. Uh, just follow the link when we're done recording this. I'm looking at these mock-ups of the arena, and they are beautiful. Guess what logo is at Center Ice? Uh, 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 the, the, the... The Sun Devils, because the Coyotes won't have their logo on the center ice. Uh, no. Because, uh, oh, oh, wait, wait, what? What? My narrative no. is is broken. No disclosure. It's only a mock-up. It's on the Coyote site, so obviously it's going to favor the Coyotes. But on the mock-up, a full Kachina at center ice, with a Kachina underneath the scoreboard, a Kachina on each of the of the scoreboard jumbotrons, because it. Be, it would be presumably a Coyotes game. Arizona Coyotes, like, branding elsewhere, as well as the Sun Devil fork on top of the, like, on, on the little like, in-betweens on the Jumbotron. So likely, what's going to happen is that center ice right there, you're going to have, like, the full Kachina on one side, the Sun Devil on the other side, or the Sun Devils can do something weird where they're like, hey, we'll have the Coyotes logo at center ice, we'll have our four lo- like, our logos four times, like, at the other, like, in the neutral zone. Don't know how they're gonna fully do that. What I'm saying is, if anyone would have even bothered to click on this, they would have then reported, but, "Oh no, that won't just, be an ASU logo." <laughs> that's just that's just a mock-up. They can't have their logo on the ice. <laughs> but it just shows that no matter what narrative you look at, it's misinformed. Because right here, obviously, this is just me messing around, having a little bit of fun. The Coyotes show a full Coyote logo. It's gonna have both. But it's just funny how the only official mock-up. Of it, since this deal was announced, it was on the Coyotes website showing the Coyote logo. The mock-up before the deal was announced showed the ASU logo, and everyone only said they will not be allowed to have their own logo anywhere. Well, I'm just saying, the mock-up probably put, at least means they're going to have something. They could put the logo on all 3,200 seats, Matt. <laughs> Duh. You know, all 2,800. Duh. Are we even going to be able to fit 200 people in here? Uh, actually, it will be one bleacher. It'll be one bleacher of of uh, Montreal, Quebec, 
fans, and they'll be wearing their Quebec Ramparts jerseys, and they'll be chanting "Go back to Canada." And uh, I, I need you to I need you to steal a couple of the mock-ups and show it briefly while we're talking about this. Look right here. Oh, they're not even selling an entire section of tickets. This organization's trash. They can't fit that many fans in. I said it before. I'll say it again, but I just want to knock it one more time. One more time. All right. Uh, those are student section bleachers. Yep. You cannot buy a season ticket for a student section bleacher. But they, they, they you know what? <laughs> They're going to sell tickets for stupid expensive, and none of the college kids are going to be able to, to go watch the games, Matt. No, no, no college kids allowed in the college arena. They are. Well, the football tickets are dirt cheap, and there's an entire separate box office for students to bring their. No, you know what? I, I think. Matt, I'm, I'm Matt there's no college section. You don't see a college section. I can't believe they're doing this. They're they're putting the games on the college arena, and they're they're not even allowing the college kids to go watch the games. I'm just gonna say, how it. dare I, I, you? I, I don't think Quebec has running water. I just I, I don't think uh, it certainly don't think, there can't even be a community college. Well, there well, because, we know. Like, it, <laughs> we we All know that just junior like, hockey arenas. We we know that Canada doesn't have running internet anymore because you know outages lol uh great great one there canada they're always like two weeks behind on coyotes information anyway because like oh like I, I i just want to know how some of your better reporters look at oh they can't alter asu's logo at center ice and they're like that means they are not allowed to have their own branding whatsoever see they are not whatsoever and then when it gets corrected like it, but, it's been like i think three months two or three months and i still in Twitter threads and in comment sections, see they can't even have their logo at center ice. But how and it's ninety percent from Canadians? How are they going to be able to afford the upkeep of Gila River Arena at the new arena? The prices <laughs> are going to be astronomical. How could they afford the upkeep of a sixteen thousand arena at a five thousand arena? I it, the math doesn't make sense to me. I I don't get it. Matt, the tickets are going to be my, like $300 to pay for that upkeep. My, my sweet Matt. summer child. My, my sweet summer child. So, Matt. Uh, I, I don't think people realize this. Uh, <laughs> ASU runs the building. They're going to pay for upkeep. Coyotes, it's probably in their contract. Like, rent helps also go to pay for that. Yeah. That's logical. That's anything. That's just business 101, all right? Yep. But, but uh, imagine the, the price differential in upkeeping, let's say... Your very nice home versus the studio apartment I used to live in, uh, like four or five years ago. What what can you imagine has a higher upkeep charge? Oh, I'm gonna go with obviously the larger one. I think that's where my brain is going with this one. It has to be the studio. It has to be the oh, studio apartment oh, because darn like, damn. I mean, uh, the walls are made of paper, right? You gotta patch them every day or something i don't know maybe the well we actually just so no no, no we has to get rewired we we actually <laughs> just burn the carpet and replace the carpet every week um instead of cleaning it that's actually sorry uh yeah so it's, it's just it makes no logical sense of like people don't see the inherent value of they're lowering like 
the cost because I, I forget I I don't forget. I don't know the exact details of like the agreement with I think it was AMG when I was I was leaving working there. But essentially like the coyotes have to help pay for the people to come in and manage the arena. I don't remember what the split or I don't know what the split was, excuse me. Between mm-hmm. them and City of Glendale, it might have been the coyotes' responsibility, and then Glendale has to pay like whatever else. Doesn't really matter, but you have to pay an arena management company to come in and, and do it. ASU does so many things on their own. They they're almost like the Cardinals in a way, uh, where the Cardinals like they like redid their entire like concession stand when they got over to the University of Phoenix Stadium. They're like, yeah, we're just gonna run it, so we we take more of the profits. It's, it's ours now. But uh, so like, ASU but, pretty much runs Tempe, and they're gonna have their own stuff, and the Coyotes are gonna have to pay significantly less because it's a 5,000-seat arena. Sorry, 4,700. I apologize. 3,200-seat uh, women's women's uh, high school hockey rink. Sorry. But, uh, Matt, <laughs> they can't pay their bills. That's why ASU is making them pay all their bills up front every year. That's also why but, they, but they put down however much it was for the annex up front. They can't afford the building. <laughs> They didn't so, put twenty million I, I, on an annex, but Matt. <laughs> I, I hope you understand the point we're getting at. Where it's yeah. like, it, it's funny uh, that it, this is just a little bit of blowing off some steam because it still annoys me. Like, like it, it's genuinely not meant to be offensive. Like, yeah. it, it it might be. I don't care. It's genuinely not meant to be. It's I. If oh, I, I intend that, to offend. <laughs> if if I think something sounds stupid. I try not to say, like, actual bad words or actual, like, legitimately bad insults, but it's like, yeah. the first question that comes to my mind is, how do you operate a motor vehicle? Or, do you even have running water? Because I'm like, the, how can you have internet access when it's like, within, within like, five hours, the, the logo misconception cleared up immediately, and it was only there because of terrible reporting by terrible journalists... Yep. And then we're here months later, and it's still like, oh, you can't even have your logo on the ice. Oh, it's thirty two hundred. Like that one idiot on, on the on Steve Dangle's podcast. No, no, Steve, it's not whatever it is. It's thirty two hundred. It's like no, it wasn't. And you were so confident while being so stupid. Yep. It, it, that's my new favorite one. <laughs> my new favorite one is well, they couldn't afford their bills. That's why they got kicked out. It's not like, you know, Glendale said that this was their last year in September and then the bills thing came out in December. No, they got kicked out because they didn't pay their bills. Obviously. Like, oh, well, that's why Glendale did. I'm like, no, technically, even if you look at it like legally, they weren't evicted or kicked out. They just did not extend the lease agreement because they were doing yep. a year on year, number yep. one. And number two, uh, everyone just casually ignores the point. So I'm going to throw it in one more time here since this is a segment. Uh, City Glendale reportedly wanted between a 15 and 20 year lease. They weren't going for a three to five year lease, which would have benefited both sides. Glendale has more time to plan what they're going to do with it after Coyotes have time to go to Tempe and, and do this stuff, right? Yep. They're like, oh no, you know, we're going to do this, and then a lot of like, oh, they didn't pay their bills, they didn't pay this. I'm like, to me, again, as someone who has a logical brain, I, I don't believe it was a clerical error. I believe it was literally. They made a calculated risk of we want to get them back to the negotiating table, and the city was like, "Well, we're the tax man, so we can just kick you out if you don't pay." And they just paid and went their separate ways. Well, they so made they cry bullied too. Like they yeah, literally, yeah, they, didn't. they didn't even tell them, "Hey, pay us, jerks." 
They literally just immediately went to a news reporter and tried to report this drama. Well, like, I, I know that they. I think they filed the the tax lien, and then because yeah. Katie Strang has nothing better to do with her day, she was just like. Uh, apparently, she was casually looking up uh, Arizona, even though I think what well, she's Canadian, looking up Arizona like like tax lien filings and stuff, because that's what you do on a casual Sunday afternoon yeah. in your jammies or whatever. You want to know the funny part about that is they filed that, and Glendale didn't even get it right because they filed it for an address that the Coyotes no longer operate out of. It was an address that Ice Arizona operated back when they had like five owners. And now that there's a new owner, they didn't even have the right address. Like, Glenda literally had the wrong address. And they filed improper paperwork. Congratulations. Yeah. That just, one just to is show you how, omega it, it out of pettiness. Yeah. It, you, you can't tell me small errors like that happen unless you're fuming mad or whatever. And yeah. Like, it, of it's course, just... it, the, the mayor or one of the council members had to do a comment, whatever... Like Batman was like, oh yeah, I want the team here for thirty years, or uh, it was in the like I forget what what the exact thing he was responding to was, but whenever the Coyotes were trying to get this this Tempe thing going, it was like, oh something something whatever. It's like no one cares, no one yep. cares what you have to say. You're irrelevant. Go away. Canada yep. has no running water. I, I believe that the entire country is now just a uh, uh, a Mickey ah, Mouse that- clubhouse. We'll go. No, we'll go politically correct. I forgot the. I forgot the the, the show. Uh, how am I forgetting this? It's the show before Shorzy. Letter Kenny. The Letter entire Kenny, country yeah. is just it's just Letter Kenny. They all live on farms and their internet is. <laughs> they pee upside down in the pigeons. showers. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of them. And this is how a real man rocks a pissing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it that narrative is just so cringe. The other the other narrative is, oh well, look, ASU is making them pay upfront year every year because they don't trust them. You don't know how ASU runs their business. That literally can be bog standard. I'm not going to sit here and be an apologist pretending like it couldn't be possibly the problem. It could be, but when you put twenty five million dollars in an annex i don't think asu is going to seriously nickel and dime you for yearly rent okay although it probably was because of that just as it was probably more of like a hey just that we have no risk thing that was probably the mindset behind it which is logical also kind of fair it's it's a consequence when you take a calculated risk just just so we have i don't even think so i think i think that is bog standard for asu Remember, this is ASU. Like, they have to protect themselves at all times. And just to put into consideration is the the stipulation with the ice. Why do they want that? Well, because ASU was consistently looked at as a party school. They have tried tooth and nail to change that narrative in ASU to become a well-respected university. And they are doing so. And the same rules apply with money. I believe that 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 year by year thing that so many Canadians want to throw in there as oh the 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 Coyotes can't pay bills lol so they had to put that in there I would not be surprised if that is a bog standard thing for if they were to have a tenant that is already in the clause within the the standard operating procedures of ASU 
I mean, it would make sense. I'm just saying it would also make sense as, like, just a protectionary measure of, like, hey, you don't just because of this, you know. You don't go and hire a vendor and say you're going to be a vendor for this full time, but, you know, your contract is just going to be terminated after a month whenever we feel like. Like, you pay for a year, you get the year, right? Some mm-hmm. businesses literally operate that way, and I would not be surprised if... They were the same way. You pay for the year, you get the full year. Fair point. Fair point. So, all right. We are well into early. my children's trading card time. We are well yeah. into the, I don't know if you can see the sweat marks on my jersey, but uh, it's hot. It's it, hot, boys. <laughs> uh, oh, it's hot. Oh, sorry. That, that's um, why all the ice always, always melts, because remember, we play like outside with the sun beating down on the ice so it's like they have to constantly free they have to throw chunks of ice on the ice to get it to refreeze so they can play periods you know true that's, that's how it works true <laughs> is there any closing comments any final things you want to talk about do you want to talk about your feelings i know, you know oh you, you, you i could talk high, about my feelings i could talk uh, about my feelings party. for another <laughs> hour and a half but this show is gone on way too long this is a long one but i think that you guys deserve it because uh this was a big day or big week i should say for the arizona coyotes and they didn't trade jacob chikrin so i'm very happy but they may in- indeed trade him next year which will make me big sad. Uh, he personally he, he had all of them and he was standing in front of jacob chikrin and he's like, if you guys want to trade him, you have to go through me and all of my muskets. <laughs> those ones, those ones are airsoft. So those are actually, those ones aren't real, but that one, those, those are real. Yeah. So he and then we got Jacob. So you can. We got, him. we got great granddad Yeedy boy right there. The long one that is actually a musket. Unironically, I'm not gonna bring it over because I don't know what the hell YouTube's gonna do. They're all unloaded YouTube. <laughs> Please don't put me in the gulag. Um, I'm not insane. They're We're all, all going to the gulag eventually. Those are that. actually all family <laughs> possessions that have been hand down for generations. But all I'm saying is that you can thank him personally. Uh, the only reason he didn't he didn't pull the trigger on the musket is he wasn't sure if the musket would just crumble. <laughs> he didn't want to make that gamble. <laughs> I, I, I do know they make modern muskets. I would low-key love to buy a musket just to play with it. Cause <laughs> that seems... Yeah, that would be that, fun in a range. It really would. Yeah, like... <laughs> That thing has to kick like a MF. Like you're talking about a ball that's like an actual slug that is massive. That thing has to kick. Would you still have like the modern ones? Would you still have to like load it? Like you put the thing in the barrel, you grab the mm-hmm. stick to like get it down. You pour the gun. Like I don't know. That that's sounds the, like it'd be fun at a range. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason why they make those modern muskets, I don't know if you knew this, but that is the workaround for if you want to go hunting deer. So uh, for like deer, you have to you have to win a draw in order to go use a, a real firearm. Um, but the workaround to that is that you don't need to go into the drawing if you go yeet <laughs> a, a, a deer with a musket. <laughs> I'm just like, who does that? And I want to go do it. That sounds amazing. Hunting with ye olden shooty boy. Uh, no, I don't think you can ban it. Um, a musket. 
But, I'm just uh, saying, like, imagine, like, just in case a bear was around, right? You just, oh, hey, I have my bayoneted musket, so I can try to get it. <laughs> I can try to keep some distance from it. Yeah. Probably still going to die, but just, I don't know. Maybe now it's, a, it's a small thing in your, in your may, Maybe now that I said that, some gun aficionado will be like, oh, actually, uh, the, this Scandinavian country used mus uh, bayonets on their musket from this time to this. I don't care. I we're gonna, but, I want to see those comments. I don't. I don't want to see Logan Cooley's the goat. I don't want to see. Oh, Matt, you're so ridiculously attractive and knowledgeable in hockey. I want to see. Yeah, those shooty boys over there, ye old shooty boys. This is how they actually operate. Yep. <laughs> All right, we have drawn on way too long here, and we are BSing. And I got a trailer that I still have to work on. I have to wire everything up. So, I think it is time that we call it at one hour. 50 plus minutes of this podcast i hope you all enjoyed this as always give us a like a follow a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on and if you are listening to us on that platform uh leave a comment and a rating uh, maybe yeah yeah that would be that'd be very appreciated don't be a coward have an opinion like the the only thing i dislike uh, i'll admit i used to be a little fragile on like dislikes i'm like oh someone didn't like what i made or whatever now i'm an adult so i don't care but the things that bothers me is if someone dislikes but doesn't comment so i'm like so you're just a coward like <laughs> you you just threw you threw a little fit at one thing probably one of us said you hit a dislike and ran away no no no. say something if you have an opinion get your chest up in the air beat it a couple of times and say it you got something mm -hmm. to say Say it, because that also leads to really interesting conversations. Like, genuinely, like, really interesting conversations. Yep. Yeah, so, also, I'm going to I'm gonna make a better narrative here. Uh, when I was mm -hmm. talking about the year-by-year the -year thing, uh, like, when you're a renter, I think would be better. I think I said vendor. I was thinking mm -hmm. renter. That's what I meant to say. Um, one correction there. Anyways, I think we did pretty well. I think this was episode... 17, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16. You know what? You know what? Shut up, Richie. Go away. Nobody, nobody oh. wants to hear from you anymore. Okay. Go away now. I want to go play my children's trading cards and actually make YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. Well, have fun playing your Nintendos and uh, your Pokemons. <laughs> my Yugi Mans. And your Yugi Mans. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, thank you so much for watching. I guess we'll call this one an end unless we want to just keep dragging on but i i think we'll call it an end here uh we will see you next week bye leave leave me alone <laughs>